0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Riff, uh, you're here with Cameron, and we are very lucky today to be joined by our esteemed criminal lawyer here, uh, her name's Lauren, say hey Lauren. Hi Lauren. Uh And because we've got Lauren here, we thought that we would speak about some crime. So, Dan, do you want to let our
1: listeners know what we're going to discuss today? Thanks Cameron. Uh- so with uh, with Lauren joining us today we thought we would talk about some new laws that are being introduced uh, is it the 20th of May Lauren
2: yes yes 20th of may they come into effect
1: okay and these uh, and these laws uh, are to do with drink driving
2: they are specifically with low range drink driving
1: right okay um, so Lauren do you want to Just quickly explain to everyone what these new drink driving laws are that are coming in on the 20th of May, 2019.
2: Uh, Yes. So, the new laws which come into effect on the 20th of May, um, essentially, the change is that a low range drink driving can now attract an automatic roadside suspension of three months.
0: Oh, wow. Really, Lauren? So, that's a drastic change to what the laws are currently, as I understand it?
2: Yes, so previously you would get the charge roadside and you would then appear in court uh, shortly after and you would get your potential suspension at court. So there would be a bit of a brief time period um, before you would actually get a suspension.
1: So Lauren, why don't we use an example? I'll be the bad guy this week. Uh, I think Cameron was stealing trust money last week. I was, so it's about time that you're the bad guy, Dan. Alright, so I'm, uh, I'm at the pub with a couple of mates. Sounds good. One, one night after work and I, I have a few beers and then I think I'm, I'm okay to drive and I get in the car and then I'm pulled over by, uh, by the police and I'm breath tested at what's the, what's the, what's the current um, threshold?
2: so for
1: for if to to be to be booked for drink driving
2: so for low range it's 0.05 okay
1: so 0.05 so let's say and i've i've got a full license Yep. i get breathalyzed at 0.07
2: so you're low range so that's
1: still low range is it yep. when when does it go to 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 the next level
2: okay so low range is 0.05 to 0.079 then it goes to mid in 0.08 to 0.0.149 and high range and above is 0.15 and above.
0: Oh really wow okay
1: so the fact that Dan's been
0: tested here for what did you say you were Dan?
1: Uh, I think I breath tested at 0.07.
0: Okay so we're saying here that that would be low range? Yes. Now he's done that on the RBT breathalyser What happens from there?
2: So, whatever you're tested roadside, that's what it it comes up as. And they go, Mm -hmm. okay, so you are now under arrest coming with us. Generally speaking, what happens is you get taken back to the police station or the LAC. Yep. And you get formally tested. You get issued with what's called a certificate. It's the more accurate testing of your blood alcohol content.
0: And that could come up with it either being positive or negative.
2: Well, and it gives it a more precise and accurate reading.
0: Okay. It's better than the RBT. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, you can blow over and then you get your proper reading. So, you'll blow positive roadside. Then you get taken back to the station or the LAC. You get tested again. Um, It's a more accurate reading Mm -hmm. and you get issued with a certificate. Yep. And that's what it goes off of.
0: Oh, right. So, it's not the... The reading that you get when you're on the side of the road?
2: No. And this is a big thing because if you've literally just had a drink and just walked out to your car, see you later, boys, I've got to go, my Mm. missus has just called me, and you get in the car and then you get tested roadside, all of that alcohol could be in your mouth and could be adjusting the reading.
1: Well, unfortunately, that's not what happened to me. So when I... By the way, this is an example, but when I went back to the, um, the police station, I tested with 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 the more accurate test at 0.07 and so on that basis lauren what would happen to me next
2: so you would get given what's called a field court attendance notice so it's when you properly get issued with your charge so the field court attendance notice is essentially a notice given to you to say you have to come to court and it's given in the field so not at court
1: and then what specifically would happen with my license? And this is, as I understand it, this is where the the law has changed.
2: Yeah. So, the court attendance notices have a date that you have to appear in court. Previously, you wouldn't be suspended from that date. You wouldn't be able to drive home that night mm. because you've tested. You're more. over. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't be suspended from the next day. So, you'd be able to go and pick your car up the next day. Mm. From now on, you'll be suspended as at that date. So, you'll be suspended from the time they give you that court attendance notice.
1: And so, how long between being charged and the... The court date. H- how long? Roughly. I mean, I know it probably changes depending on where you are, but yeah. Roughly.
2: So in your more rural areas, it can take up to six to eight weeks because right. obviously courts don't sit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in your sort of regional or your metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. it can take a- three weeks roughly.
1: Okay. So what happens if? So I've uh, I've been charged, and then say for the next three to six weeks i don't have a license and i can't drive but what what can i do about that say for example if i have you know really onerous family commitments or, or, or something like You've that. you got to drive for work or, or work yeah, yeah. okay what, so what can I do?
2: the options there are to come and see me um i can then file an application in the court to have the matter heard urgently Now, having the matter heard urgently doesn't mean that it's determined straight away, but what we can do is make an application to say, look, we're going to plead guilty Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be, but we want to stay the order, essentially put the suspension on hold until a later date. It will mean, of course, that if a suspension is imposed, that it's recommenced, but it's essentially asking the court, listen, can you take it back to the old ways for the purpose of getting everything organised?
0: Okay. And and this is all assuming that we've already agreed to plead guilty. That's right? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, it, it is quite difficult to enter a plea of not guilty to a um, drink driving matter. It very well can be done. That goes into a little bit more detail that we may not have time for. Mm-hmm. Um, but regularly...
0: You plead guilty you're to these Regularly offenses. the
2: matters you hear before the court are guilty pleas to a drink driving. And so
0: now that we've made this application, I assume that it can be accepted or rejected depending on the circumstances?
2: Yes. So depending on the circumstances, obviously it being a new area of law, it's a little bit of uncharted territory at the moment. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, if you can provide evidence to say, look, this hasn't been determined yet, um, let us have our licence for that time being.
1: All right, so going back to the, the example, so let's, let's proceed on the basis that we've put in this interim application for for me to get my licence back because I have certain commitments and that's accepted. Yeah. Now what?
2: So, uh, essentially it would proceed as any other drink driving matter or well, low-range drink driving matter would. So I would, if I was running this matter, going forward I would get the client in I would find out what happened on the night, how it all came about. Mm -hmm. Um, I would then give some advice saying, okay, here's what we've got to do going forward. And generally speaking, what we do is we prepare for a sentencing hearing. So we prepare as much as we can to provide to the court on the day that person or you for your 0.07 is going to be sentenced.
0: And what would this include? What things do we have to arrange? Like are these things that I should be doing on the day or things that I should be doing before the... The court date?
2: Yeah. So, most of it is leading up to, so a lot of preparation. So, Mm -hmm. the main thing the court's concerned about when sentencing anybody is any steps that the person has taken to address the offending behavior um, or any sentence that is going to be imposed to address the offending behavior. So, in your drink driving matter, it would be a matter of you doing things like attending the Traffic Offenders Program. Yep. Um, It's a program that's run pretty much all throughout New South Wales and Australia or variants of it.
0: It's just like a one-day course, isn't it, or something like that?
2: So they can do one one one-day course um, in most areas anyway. It's one one one-day course or a period of six weeks where you attend for one hour a night or whatever the case may be.
1: Okay, Lauren. So I've, uh, I've gone off and done the Traffic Offenders Program. Uh, Is there anything else I can do to help in preparation for the sentencing hearing?
2: Look, there is. There's a variety of things depending on each individual person's set of circumstances. You know, we can get character references or in employer references. It, It. each kind of does have to be tailored for the specific person because it's all about humanising the person that's before the court and giving the court an idea of the person behind the charge because what people tend to forget is that the only information that the magistrate has is what the police have put forward. So it's important to tailor it.
0: Yeah, because I assume, Warren, that the, the judge or mag- magistrate doesn't know the person from a bar so
2: No, exactly, and that that is kind of the the, the point of it all, but it's important for a legal representative to get up there and go, you know, this is my client, this is who he is, and this is what it's about.
0: So from what you're saying as well, it would depend on the circumstances what each person would need, but I assume that everything needs to be put into a proper format as well.
2: Exactly, and so every person's uh, matter that comes before the court does have to touch on specific sentencing guidelines so obviously as lawyers we follow legislation and things like local court bench books and Mm -hmm. lots of reading every person's sentencing matter has to touch on specific elements so when a court is going to sentence a person they have regard to one a b c d Mm. two a b c d and that's what we're here
0: for isn't it lauren so we do that to make it easier for the person who's going through this traumatic process
2: exactly and it's to ensure that the magistrate can have regard to everything that a person needs yep. and everything that can be taken into account when considering what sentence to to impose so it's important that everything is touched on and everything that can be put forward is put forward
1: so lauren coming back to the example i've been uh, i've I've come to see you, I've taken your advice and we've been working together to, you know, do what needs to be done for the sentencing hearing. Y- you think I've got a pretty good case? What what sort of outcome could I expect?
2: Yeah, so depending on a variety of factors, the court has a number of options when it comes to sentencing a person. So the sentencing regime's actually changed in the last couple of years. So some people are aware of the old Section 10 and things like that. It's, it, they're no longer around in some respect.
1: What's a Section 10, Lauren?
2: Oh, so the previous Section 10s were things... Um, it was a good behaviour bond. So the, generally the whole idea was that you're of good behaviour for a certain period of time and then there is no record. So it's if you don't come under the radar of anybody for 12 months, you don't have to come back before the court like it never happened.
1: Right. But that, that doesn't exist anymore.
2: No. So, there is there is still certain aspects that do still exist. So, there's what's called a conditional release order, which is an option with respect to drink driving.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's a period of good behavior and it can be with or without a conviction. So, the thing is, is that it's conditional. So, they can mm. put some conditions. They can say that you need to do certain things. They're limited, but there is that ability now.
1: Okay, so that's one possible outcome. What's what's another possible outcome?
2: So, the second option is the community corrections order. That's sort of the step up. With that, again, another set of conditions can be imposed. Um, so, things like community service orders. There can be um, directions to engage in drug and alcohol counselling, to mm-hmm. engage with a specific practitioner. A variety of things can be imposed, but that's sort of your, your one-up.
0: So, for a first-time offender, you're hopeful that you wouldn't get to that stage?
2: No, for a first-time offender, you wouldn't be looking at something like that.
0: But it brings it back to it depends on the person, depends on It does, on the it really does. It
2: can depend on those types of things. Generally speaking, if you're looking in the realm where you're going to be anything above a conditional release order, there is going to be a license suspension accompanying it. Yeah. Um, if you're, going, if you're going any higher than your community corrections order, then there is definitely going to be a license suspension.
0: Yeah. And I guess if somebody came in to see you, you can make that assessment pretty well when you see them, depending it is, on what the yeah, fact sheet it's, says.
2: It's a skill that you, you develop over time, um, seeing matters come before the court, time in and time out. You tend to get a very, very good knack at being able to predict things and how mm-hmm. they're going to go.
0: I tell you what, Dan, I'm very impressed. I've learned a lot today.
1: How about you? I have. um, Hopefully this just stays as an example. But if it ever did happen, I think I would come and see Lauren. I think she could could really help. Definitely. I think that's it for this week, unless you want to add anything, uh, Cameron or Lauren? No,
2: I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: No worries at all. And uh, if anybody's got
0: any questions for Lauren, uh, feel free to email us at info at au. And if you're liking these podcasts, if you could please uh, like us, review us, share us, that would be great. So uh, that's goodbye from me. Okay. Thank you
1: all. See you next week.